part nine of yellowstone national park six early pieces by various this librivox recording is in the public domain part nine thirty-seven days of peril part two buoyed by the hope of finding food and counsel and another night of undisturbed repose in the sand i resumed my journey along the shore and at noon found the camp last occupied by my friends on the lake a thorough search for food in the ground and trees revealed nothing and no notice to apprise me of their movements could be seen a dinner fork which afterwards proved to be of infinite service in digging roots and a yeast powdered can which would hold half a pint and which i converted into a drinking cup and dinner pot were the only evidences that the spot had ever been visited by civilized man oh thought i why did they forget to leave me food it never occurring to me that they might have cached it as i have since learned they did in several spots nearer the place of my separation from them i left the camp in deep dejection with the purpose of following the trail of the party to the madison carefully inspecting the faint traces left of their course of travel i became satisfied that from some cause they had made a retrograde movement from this camp and departed from the lake at a point further downstream taking this as an indication that there were obstructions above i commenced retracing my steps along the beach an hour of sunshine in the afternoon enabled me to procure fire which in the usual manner i carried to my camping-place there i built a fire and to protect myself from the wind which was blowing violently lashing the lake into foam i made a bower of pine boughs crept under it and very soon fell asleep how long i slept i know not but i was aroused by the snapping and crackling of the burning foliage to find my shelter and the adjacent forest in a broad sheet of flame my left hand was badly burned and my hair singed closer than a barber would have trimmed it while making my escape from the semicircle of burning trees among the disasters of this fire there was none i felt more seriously than the loss of my buckle-tongue knife my pen fish-hook and tape fish-line the grandeur of the burning forest surpasses description an immense sheet of flame following to their tops the lofty trees of an almost impenetrable pine forest leaping madly from top to top and sending thousands of forked tongues a hundred feet or more athwart the midnight darkness lighting up with lurid gloom and glare the surrounding scenery of lake and mountains fills the beholder with mingled feelings of awe and astonishment i never before saw anything so terribly beautiful it was marvellous to witness the flash-like rapidity with which the flames would mount the loftiest trees the roaring cracking crashing and snapping of falling limbs and burning foliage was deafening on and on on travelled the destructive element until it seemed as if the whole forest was enveloped in flame afar up on the wood-crowned hill the overtopping trees shot forth pinnacles and walls and streamers of arrowy fire the entire hillside was an ocean of glowing and surging fiery billows favoured by the gale the conflagration spread with lightning swiftness over an illimitable extent of country filling the atmosphere with driving clouds of suffocating fume and leaving a broad and blackened trail of spectral trunks shorn of limbs and foliage smoking and burning to mark the immense sweep of its devastation 
resolved to search for a trail no longer when daylight came i selected for a landmark the lowest notch in the madison range carefully surveying the jagged and broken surface over which i must travel to reach it i left the lake and pushed into the midst of its intricacies all the day until nearly sunset i struggled over rugged hills through windfalls thickets and matted forests with the rock-ribbed beacon constantly in view as i advanced it receded as if in mockery of my toil night overtook me with my journey half accomplished the precaution of obtaining fire gave me warmth and sleep and long before daylight i was on my way the hope of finding an easy pass into the valley of the madison inspired me with fresh courage and determination but long before i arrived at the base of the range i scanned hopelessly its insurmountable difficulties it presented to my eager vision an endless succession of inaccessible peaks and precipices rising thousands of feet sheer and bare above the plain no friendly gorge or gully or canyon invited such an effort as i could make to scale this rocky barrier oh for the faith that could remove mountains how soon should this colossal fabric open at my approach what a feeling of helpless despair came over me with the conviction that the journey of the last two days had been in vain i seated myself on a rock upon the summit of a commanding hill and cast my eyes along the only route which now seemed tenable down the yellowstone how many dreary miles of forest and mountain filled the terrible panorama i thought that before accepting this discouraging alternative i would spend a day in search for a pass twenty miles at most would take me into the madison valley and thirty more restore me to friends who had abundance supposing that i should find plenty of thistles i had left the lake with a small supply and that was entirely spent i looked in vain for them where i then was while i was thus considering whether to remain and search for a passage or return to the yellowstone i experienced one of those strange hallucinations which many of my friends have misnamed insanity but which to me was providence an old clerical friend for whose character and counsel i had always cherished peculiar regard in some unaccountable manner seemed to be standing before me charged with advice which would relieve my perplexity i seemed to hear him say as if in a voice and with the manner of authority go back immediately as rapidly as your strength will permit there is no food here and the idea of scaling these rocks is madness doctor i rejoined the distance is too great i cannot live to travel it say not so your life depends upon the effort return at once start now lest your resolution falter travel as fast and as far as possible it is your only chance doctor i am rejoiced to meet you in this hour of distress but doubt the wisdom of your counsel i am within seventy miles of virginia just over these rocks a few miles away i shall find friends my shoes are nearly worn out my clothes are in tatters and my strength is almost overcome as a last trial it seems to me i can but attempt to scale this mountain or perish in the effort if god so wills don't think of it your power of endurance will carry you through i will accompany you put your trust in heaven help yourself and god will help you 
overcome by these and other persuasions and delighted with the idea of having a travelling companion i plodded my way over the route i had come intending at a certain point to change it so as to strike the river at the foot of the lake stopping after a few miles of travel i had no difficulty in procuring fire and passed a comfortable night when i resumed my journey the next day the sun was just rising whenever i was disposed as was often the case to question the wisdom of the change of routes my old friend appeared to be near with words of encouragement but his reticence on other subjects both surprised and annoyed me i was impressed at times during the entire journey with the belief that my return was a fatal error and if my deliverance had failed should have perished with that conviction early this day i deflected from my old route and took my course for the foot of the lake with the hope by constant travel to reach it the next day the distance was greater than i anticipated nothing is more deceptive than distance in these high latitudes at the close of each of the two succeeding days my point of destination was seemingly as far from me as at the moment i took leave of the madison range and when cold and hungry on the afternoon of the fourth day i gathered the first food i had eaten in nearly five days and lay down by my fire near the debouchure of the river i had nearly abandoned all hope of escape at daybreak i was on the trail down the river the thought i had adopted from the first i will not perish in this wilderness often revived my sinking spirits when from faintness and exhaustion i felt but little desire for life once while struggling through a field of tangled trunks which seemed interminable at one of the pauses i found myself seriously considering whether it was not preferable to die there than renew the effort to proceed i felt that all attempt to escape was but a bitter prolongation of the agony of dissolution a seeming whisper in the air while there is life there is hope take courage broke the delusion and i clambered on i did not forget to improve the midday sun to procure fire sparks from the lighted brands had burned my hands and crisped the nails of my fingers and the smoke from them had tanned my face to the complexion of an indian while passing through an opening in the forest i found the tip of a gull's wing it was fresh i made a fire upon the spot mashed the bones with a stone and consigning them to my camp kettle the yeast powder box made half a pint of delicious broth the remainder of that day and the night ensuing were given to sleep i lost all sense of time days and nights came and went and were numbered only by the growing consciousness that i was gradually starving i felt no hunger did not eat to appease appetite but to renew strength i experienced but little pain the gaping sores on my feet the severe burn on my hip the festering crevices at the joints of my fingers all terrible in appearance had ceased to give me the least concern the roots which supplied my food had suspended the digestive power of the stomach and their fibres were packed in it a matted compact mass not so with my hours of slumber they were visited by the most luxurious dreams 
i would apparently visit the most gorgeously decorated restaurants of new york and washington sit down to immense tables spread with the most appetizing viands partake of the richest oyster stews and plumpest pies engage myself in the labor and preparation of curious dishes and with them fill range upon range of elegantly furnished tables until they fairly groaned beneath the accumulated dainties prepared by my own hands frequently the entire night would seem to have been spent in getting up a sumptuous dinner i would realize the fatigue of roasting boiling baking and fabricating the choicest dishes known to the modern cuisine and in my disturbed slumbers would enjoy with epicurean relish the food thus furnished even to repletion alas there was more luxury than life in these somnolent vagaries it was a cold gloomy day when i arrived in the vicinity of the falls the sky was overcast and the snow-capped peaks rose chilly and bleak through the biting atmosphere the moaning of the wind through the pines mingling with the sullen roar of the falls was strangely in unison with my own saddened feelings i had no heart to gaze upon a scene which a few weeks before had inspired me with rapture and awe one moment of sunshine was of more value to me than all the marvels amid which i was famishing but the sun had hid his face and denied me all hope of obtaining fire the only alternative was to seek shelter in a thicket i penetrated the forest a long distance before finding one that suited me breaking and crowding my way into its very midst i cleared a spot large enough to recline upon interlaced the surrounding brushwood gathered the fallen foliage into a bed and lay down with a prayer for sleep and forgetfulness alas neither came the coldness increased through the night constant friction with my hands and unceasing beating with my legs and feet saved me from freezing it was the most terrible night of my journey and when with the early dawn i pulled myself into a standing posture it was to realize that my right arm was partially paralyzed and my limbs so stiffened with cold as to be almost immovable fearing lest paralysis should suddenly seize the entire system i literally dragged myself through the forest to the river seated near the verge of the great canyon below the falls i anxiously awaited the appearance of the sun that great luminary never looked so beautiful as when a few moments afterwards he emerged from the clouds and exposed his glowing beams to the concentrated powers of my lens i kindled a mighty flame and fed it with every dry stick and broken tree-top i could find and without motion and almost without sense remained beside it several hours the great falls of the yellowstone were roaring within three hundred yards and the awful canyon yawned almost at my feet but they had lost all charm for me in fact i regarded them as enemies which had lured me to destruction and felt a sullen satisfaction in morbid indifference my old friend and adviser whose presence i had felt more than seen the last few days now forsook me altogether but i was not alone by some process which i was too weak to solve my arms legs and stomach were transformed into so many travelling companions often for hours i would plod along conversing with these imaginary friends 
each had his peculiar wants which he expected me to supply the stomach was importunate in his demand for a change of diet complained incessantly of the roots i fed him their present effect and more remote consequences i could try to silence him with promises beg of him to wait a few days and when this failed of the quiet i desired i would seek to intimidate him by declaring as a sure result of negligence our inability to reach home alive all to no purpose he tormented me with his fretful humours through the entire journey the others would generally concur with him in these fancied altercations the legs implored me for rest and the arms complained that i gave them too much to do troublesome as they were it was a pleasure to realize their presence i worked for them too with right good will doing many things for their comfort which had i felt alone would have remained undone they appeared to be perfectly helpless of themselves would do nothing for me or for each other i often wondered while they ate and slept so much that they did not aid in gathering wood and kindling fires as a counterpoise to their own inertia whenever they discovered languor in me on necessary occasions they were not wanting in words of encouragement and cheer i recall as i write an instance where by prompt and timely interposition the representative of the stomach saved me from a death of dreadful agony one day i came to a small stream issuing from a spring of mild temperature on the hillside swarming with minnows i caught some with my hands and ate them raw to my taste they were delicious but the stomach refused them accused me of attempting to poison him and would not be reconciled until i had emptied my pouch of the few fish i had put there for future use those that i ate made me very sick poisoned by the mineral in the water had i glutted my appetite with them as i intended i should doubtless have died in the wilderness in excruciating torment a gradual mental introversion grew upon me as physical weakness increased the grand and massive scenery which on the upward journey had aroused every enthusiastic impulse of my nature was now tame and spiritless my thoughts were turned in upon myself upon the dreadful fate which apparently lay just before me and the possible happiness of the existence beyond all doubt of immortality fled in the light of present realities so vivid were my conceptions of the future that at times i longed for death not less as the beginning of happiness than as a release from misery led on by these reflections i would recall the varied incidents of my journey my escape from the lion from fire my return from madison range and in all of them i saw how much i had been indebted to that mysterious protection which comes only from the throne of the eternal and yet starving footsore half-blind worn to a skeleton was it surprising that i lacked the faith needful to buoy me above the dark waters of despair which i now felt were closing around me in less serious moods as i struggled along my thoughts would revert to the single being on whom my holiest affection centred my daughter what a tie was that to bind me to life oh could i be restored to her for a single hour long enough for parting counsel and blessing it would be joy unspeakable 
long hours of painful travel were relieved of physical suffering by this absorbing agony of mind which when from my present standpoint i contrast it with the personal calamities of my exile swells into mountains to return from this digression at many of the streams on my route i spent hours in endeavouring to catch trout with a hook fashioned from the rim of my broken spectacles but in no instance with success the tackle was defective the country was full of game in great variety i saw large herds of deer elk antelope occasionally a bear and many smaller animals numerous flocks of ducks geese swans and pelicans inhabited the lakes and rivers but with no means of killing them their presence was a perpetual aggravation at all the camps of our company i stopped and recalled many pleasant incidents associated with them one afternoon when approaching tower falls i came upon a large hollow tree which from the numerous tracks surrounding it and the matted foliage in the cavity i recognized as the den of a bear it was a most inviting couch gathering a needful supply of wood and brush i lighted a circle of piles around the tree crawled into the nest and passed a night of unbroken slumber i rose the next morning to find that during the night the fires had communicated with the adjacent forest and burned a large space in all directions doubtless intimidating the rightful proprietor of the nest and saving me from another midnight adventure at tower falls i spent the first half of a day in capturing a grasshopper and the remainder in a fruitless effort to catch a mess of trout in the agony of disappointment i resolved to fish no more a spirit of rebellion seized me i determined that thistles should thenceforth be my only sustenance why is it i asked myself that in the midst of abundance every hour meeting with objects which would restore strength and vigour and energy every moment contriving some device to procure the nourishment my wasting frame requires i should meet with these repeated and discouraging failures thoughts of the early teaching of a pious mother suppressed these feelings oh how often have the recollections of a loved new england home and the memories of a happy childhood cheered my sinking spirits and dissipated the gathering gloom of despair there were thoughts and feelings and mental anguishes without number that visited me during my period of trial that never can be known to any but my god and myself bitter as was my experience it was not unrelieved by some of the most precious moments i have ever known soon after leaving tower falls i entered the open country pine forests and windfalls were changed for sagebrush and desolation with occasional tracts of stinted verdure barren hillsides exhibiting here and there an isolated clump of dwarf trees and ravines filled with the rocky debris of adjacent mountains my first camp on this part of the route for the convenience of getting wood was made near the summit of a range of towering foothills towards morning a storm of wind and snow nearly extinguished my fire i became very cold the storm was still raging when i arose and the ground white with snow i was perfectly bewildered and had lost my course of travel no visible object seen through the almost blinding storm reassured me and there was no alternative but to find the river and take my direction from its current 
fortunately after a few hours of stumbling and scrambling among rocks and over crests i came to the precipitous side of the canyon through which it ran and with much labor both of hands and feet descended it to the margin i drank copiously of its pure waters and sat beside it for a long time waiting for the storm to abate so that i could procure fire the day wore on without any prospect of a termination of the storm chilled through my tattered clothing saturated i saw before me a night of horrors unless i returned to my fire the scramble up the side of the rocky canyon in many places nearly perpendicular was the hardest work of my journey often while clinging to the jutting rocks with hands and feet to reach a shelving projection my grasp would unclose and i would slide many feet down the sharp declivity it was night when sore from the bruises i had received i reached my fire the storm still raging had nearly extinguished it i found a few embers in the ashes and with much difficulty kindled a flame here on this bleak mountainside as well as i now remember i must have passed two nights beside the fire in the storm many times during each night i crawled to a little clump of trees to gather wood and brush and the broken limbs of fallen tree-tops all the sleep i obtained was snatched from the intervals which divided these labours it was so harassed with frightful dreams as to afford little rest i remember before i left this camp stripping up my sleeves to look at my shrunken arms flesh and blood had apparently left them the skin clung to the bones like wet parchment a child's hands could have clasped them from wrist to shoulder yet thought i it is death to remain i cannot perish in this wilderness taking counsel of this early formed resolution i hobbled on my course through the snow which was rapidly disappearing before the rays of the warm sun well knowing that i should find no thistles in the open country i had filled my pouches with them before leaving the forest my supply was running low and there was several days of heavy mountain travel between me and Bertler's ranch with the most careful economy it could last but two or three days longer i saw the necessity of placing myself and imaginary companions upon allowance the conflict which ensued with the stomach when i announced this resolution required great firmness to carry through i tried wheedling and coaxing and promising failing in these i threatened to part company with a comrade so unreasonable and he made no further complaint two or three days before i was found while ascending a steep hill i fell from exhaustion into a sagebrush without the power to rise unbuckling my belt as was my custom i soon fell asleep i have no idea of the time i slept but upon awakening i fastened my belt scrambled to my feet and pursued my journey as night drew on i selected a camping-place gathered wood into a heap and felt for my lens to procure fire it was gone if the earth had yawned to swallow me i would not have been more terrified the only chance for life was lost the last hope had fled 
i seemed to feel the grim messenger who had been long pursuing me knocking at the portals of my heart as i lay down by the side of the woodpile and covered myself with limbs and sagebrush with the dreadful conviction that my struggle of life was over and i should rise no more the floodgates of misery seemed now to be opened and it rushed in living tide upon my soul with the rapidity of lightning i ran over every event of my life thoughts doubled and trebled upon me until i saw as if in vision the entire past of my existence it was all before me as if painted with a sunbeam and all seemingly faded like the phantoms of a vivid dream as calmness returned reason resumed her empire fortunately the weather was comfortable i summoned all the powers of my memory thought over every foot of the day's travel and concluded that the glass must have become detached from my belt while sleeping five long miles over the hills must be retraced to regain it there was no alternative and before daylight i had staggered over half the distance i found the lens on the spot where i had slept no incident of my journey brought with it more of joy and relief returning to the camp of the previous night i lighted the pile i had prepared and lay down for a night of rest it was very cold and towards morning commenced snowing with difficulty i kept the fire alive sleep was impossible when daylight came i was impressed with the idea that i must go on despite the storm a flash momentary but vivid came over me that i should be saved snatching a lighted brand i started through the storm in the afternoon the storm abated and the sun shone at intervals coming to a small clump of trees i set to work to prepare a camp i laid the brand down which i had preserved with so much care to pick up a few dry sticks with which to feed it until i could collect wood for a campfire and in a few minutes thus employed it expired i sought to revive it but every spark was gone clouds obscured the sun now near the horizon and the prospect of another night of exposure without fire became fearfully imminent i sat down with my lens and the last remaining piece of touchwood i possessed to catch a gleam of sunshine feeling that my life depended upon it in a few minutes the cloud passed and with trembling hands i presented the little disc to the face of the glowing luminary quivering with excitement lest a sudden cloud should interpose a moment passed before i could hold the lens steadily enough to concentrate a burning focus at length it came the little thread of smoke curled gracefully upwards from the heaven-lighted spark which a few moments afterwards diffused with warmth and comfort my desolate lodgings i resumed my journey the next morning with the belief that i should make no more fires with my lens i must save a brand or perish the day was raw and gusty an east wind charged with storm penetrated my nerves with irritating keenness after walking a few miles the storm came on and a coldness unlike any other i had ever felt seized me it entered all my bones i attempted to build a fire but could not make it burn seizing a brand i stumbled blindly on stopping within the shadow of every rock and clump to renew energy for a final conflict for life 
a solemn conviction that death was near that at each pause i made my limbs would refuse further service and that i should sink helpless and dying in my path overwhelmed me with terror amid all this tumult of the mind i felt that i had done all that man could do i knew that in two or three days more i could effect my deliverance and i derived no little satisfaction from the thought that as i now was in the broad trail my remains would be found and my friends relieved of doubt as to my fate once only the thought flashed across my mind that i should be saved and i seemed to hear a whispered command to struggle on groping along the side of a hill i became suddenly sensible of a sharp reflection as of burnished steel looking up through half-closed eyes two rough but kindly faces met my gaze are you mr everts yes all that is left of him we have come for you who sent you judge lawrence and other friends god bless him and them and you i am saved and with these words powerless of further effort i fell forward into the arms of my preservers in a state of unconsciousness i was saved on the very brink of the river which divided the known from the unknown strong arms snatched me from the final plunge and kind ministrations wooed me back to life baronet and pritchett my two preservers by the usual appliances soon restored me to consciousness made a camp upon the spot and while one went to fort ellis a distance of seventy miles to return with remedies to restore digestion and an ambulance to convey me to that post the other sat by my side and with all the care sympathy and solicitude of a brother ministered to my frequent necessities in two days i was sufficiently recovered in strength to be moved twenty miles down the trail to the cabin of some miners who were prospecting in that vicinity from these men i received every possible attention which their humane and generous natures could devise a good bed was provided game was killed to make broth and the best stores of their larder placed at my command for four days at a time when every day's labor was invaluable in their pursuit they abandoned their work to aid in my restoration owing to the protracted inaction of the system and the long period which must transpire before pritchett's return with remedies my friends had serious doubts of my recovery the night after my arrival at the cabin while suffering the most excruciating agony and thinking that i had only been saved to die among friends a loud knock was heard at the cabin door an old man in mountain costume entered a hunter whose life was spent among the mountains he was on his way to find a brother he listened to the story of my sufferings and tears rapidly coursed each other down his rough weather-beaten face but when he was told of my present necessity brightening in a moment he exclaimed why lord bless you if that is all i have the very remedy you need in two hours time all shall be well with you he left the cabin returning in a moment with a sack filled with the fat of a bear which he had killed a few hours before from this he rendered out a pint measure of oil i drank the whole of it it proved to be the needed remedy and the next day freed from pain with appetite and digestion re-established 
i felt that good food and plenty of it were only necessary for an early recovery in a day or two i took leave of my kind friends with a feeling of regret at parting and gratitude for their kindness as enduring as life meeting the carriage on my way i proceeded to bozeman where i remained among old friends who gave me every attention until my health was sufficiently restored to allow me to return to my home in helena my heartfelt thanks are due to the members of the expedition all of whom devoted seven and some of them twelve days to the search for me before they left yellowstone lake and to judge lawrence of helena and the friends who cooperated with him in the offer of reward which sent baronet and pritchett to my rescue my narrative is finished in the course of events the time is not far distant when the wonders of the yellowstone will be made accessible to all lovers of sublimity grandeur and novelty in natural scenery and its majestic waters become the abode of civilization and refinement and when that arrives i hope in happier mood and under more auspicious circumstances to revisit scenes fraught for me with such thrilling interest to ramble along the glowing beach of bessie lake to sit down amid the hot springs under the shade of mount everts to thread unscarred the mazy forests retrace the dreary journey to the madison range and with enraptured fancy gaze upon the mingled glories and terrors of the great falls and marvellous canyon and to enjoy in happy contrast with the trials they recall their power to delight elevate and overwhelm the mind with wondrous and majestic beauty end of part nine end of yellowstone national park six early pieces by various